I had nothing else to do. So I was pretty much living the life of an elite athlete where I was just like, you know, eating and napping and running all the time. This one's radio episode 1092 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show... As you're looking out at the horizon of your running future, maybe the short-term horizon, maybe the long-term horizon, maybe you got your eye, one eye on, on each. Good thing there's only two horizons, right? Anyway, as you're looking towards the future of your goals, things you're working towards in the sport, if you want a little help, if you're thinking about getting a coach, let's talk. I've got some options available, different options, different tiers, different price points, depending on exactly what you're looking for and obviously exactly what is available in your budget or what you're willing to allocate towards coaching in your budget. Cause let's not kid ourselves. It's, it's an expense, but it's, it can be. And I like to think that it tends to be an investment in yourself, right? An investment in your, your success in the sport, hopefully your success in the sport. Um, and if that's something that you're looking to do again, short-term, long-term, whatever the case might be, I have some different options available. I'd love to talk to you about about those details. Answer your questions. As I say every time I talk about this, not try to push you into making a sale, not try to try to, you know, nudge you, bully you into into hiring me. Just giving you the answers to your questions and let you decide if you think that working with me might be the right option for you. But a great place to kind of get started, you know, do a little bit of the the research, kind of see what what is available. Dizruns.com slash coaching. That's the page on the website that's got uh, the, the, my, my general thoughts on coaching, quick overview on each of the levels that are available. And it also has the price included because I don't know about you, but I hate it when I'm going to a, a website trying to do a little bit of research and I can't figure out the price, you know, like, like let's not kid ourselves. Like I said earlier, like I have a budget, you have a budget and you know, it, you can have the greatest coach in the world, but if it doesn't fit in the budget, like, well, why are we wasting our time? So head to the website, see what's available. If you want to dive a little bit deeper into any of the levels, if you're like, mm, the one-to-one, like that actually sounds pretty good. You click over, you can get the full rundown, not just the cliff notes, but the full rundown of what's available. And uh, if it sounds good, hey, let's do it. Let's get started. And if it doesn't, hey, keep it on the back burner. And when the, when the time is right, when you decide it's, it's go time, let's go. And if you're just like, yeah, no, probably not. Cool. No factor. Keep listening to the show. Keep participating in my world in some form or fashion. And we may never work together at a professional level. And that is a okay. But anyway, one way or the other, disruns.com slash coaching is the link. Check it out. And if you have any questions, let me know. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. My uh, guest today is a lady that doesn't mind getting a little dirty while she's out there logging her miles. Uh, definitely an OCR lady, OCR fan. Um, and they're definitely her jam, but she doesn't mind, you know, quote unquote, just running a race once in a while without, you know, jumping over fire and swimming through, you know, ice cold water and crawling through the mud and all that kind of nonsense that I don't know why people do that kind of stuff, but whatever. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it today. No doubt we will talk about it today. I don't know that I'll be any more convinced to dip my toes into the OCR mud, not even OCR water, dip my toes in the OCR mud by the time we get wrapped up today. We'll see. Uh, but one way or the other, let's get the party started and officially welcome Ms. Montana Ross to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Montana. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, obstacle course racing is awesome. So eh. I really hope you do eventually do one. But, you know, I understand it's not for everybody. Yeah, well, well you know, I, I am very uh, staunch believer in never say never because, uh, you know, everything you say never to always comes back to bite you. So I, I am still very firmly in the I don't see myself doing an OCR race anytime soon, but I refuse to say never because, oh, Lord, we don't need to put that kind of bad juju out there in the world. But uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get into that as we go. But y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, want to follow along with Montana, uh, see some muddy photos and whatever else is going on. Um, website is pretty little, or pretty lil, not little, pretty lil, L-I-L. Uh, mutter.com uh, blog 
race recaps, training stuff, all that, all that good stuff, running, running blog type of stuff there. Uh, and on Instagram and Twitter, same handle, both places, and it's the same as the URL at Pretty Lil Mutter. P R E T T Y L I L M U D D E R. Pretty Lil Mutter on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1092. Dizruns.com slash 1092. Take you back to the show notes for today. We'll have everything there as per usual photos, links, the whole nine, and help you connect with Montana if you are so inclined. And if you forgot, if you, if you tried to write out little and you're like, this isn't, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. It's cause it's little, not little, but we'll have it all linked up for you. Make it simple. Dizruns.com slash 1092. So Montana, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, with a real easy question. And, and oftentimes I'll say when I'm talking to ultra runners that for the ultra running crew, it can be a little bit difficult to, to answer because there's a lot of options out there, but I feel like for you OCR folks, maybe there's, maybe there's just as many options. There's just different types of options, but one way or the other, you can answer this wherever you go. It's just a good way to uh, to start the conversation, and it's just to simply ask, "What is your favorite distance to race, and why?" Oh yeah, yeah. That that is kind of hard for obstacle racing because I mean there are so many options. Like, I mean even Tough Mudder itself, like it started out as a ten to twelve mile race, and then it it, it morphed into like now there's a five k, a ten k, a fifteen k, and you've got your endurance events like the one I just did at the Infinity, which is an eight hour um, you know ultra event. Right. So, so yeah, so, I mean, it is, it is kind of difficult. There are a lot of different options, but I'm going to say that my favorite, um, my favorite distance is right now. I like the, uh, the five and 10 K obstacle course racing. I mean, I'm dipping my toes into the ultra world. Um, it is really exhausting. So like I kind of prefer to not feel like death uh, the next day. Um, so as, as much as I enjoy being on course, like the whole day and stuff like that, um, I think my, my sweet spot is probably like that 10 K distance it's just enough where you can push yourself and um and you know like still go fast and and you know hit those obstacles hard but like you're not you know totally lost the next day and needing to sleep for like 12 hours right right um obviously or at least obvious to me i, I assume obvious maybe I'm, I'm mistaken stranger things have happened but you know you get that that 10k ish you know six six miles plus or minus um ocr event how, how many obstacles are we talking there? And, and again, I'm assuming there's going to be, it's going to vary from even just event to event from the same company. Different companies are going to have some different things, but are we talking like 15, 30? Like what are, what are we talking in terms of obstacles over the course of, of a, a six ish mile race? And then how long does that kind of take you? Yeah, that's um that's, that's an excellent question. Cause yeah, they do. It is, it does vary, but on average, I would say that like a 10 K event can usually have about 25 to 30 obstacles. Um, and that ranges from everything from like, you know, mud pits to your larger rigs. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say about 25 to 30 and, um, lately on average, your 10 K ones will take me probably about two hours. Okay. So does that, and again, this is, I, I guess I didn't tell you this. Like I know just enough about OCRs to, to potentially ask a decent question, but plenty, plenty, not enough to ask plenty of ignorant questions. So if this is an ignorant question, please forgive me. Um, but does that, does that kind of work out to be in, you know, about an hour of running and about an hour of obstacling or, or does it again, I mean, I'm sure it varies one way to the other, but like, you know, cause I think in my head, like, all right, about an hour for, for a 10 K anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour is for just the running side of a, like a, a road race 10 K. Um, obviously, you know, people sometimes faster, sometimes slower, but you know, kind of in that range, um, is that kind of how it breaks down for you or, or what's, what's, what's the time duration during the, or the time split during that two hours? Yeah, no, you know, as there's, I, I'm a big fan of like, there's no such thing as ignorant questions. Like, especially if you're not too familiar with, um, with the, the discipline. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it really does, honestly, it can vary because like there was a, a savage race that I was at last year. And in Savage Race, when you're racing in the um, the Pro Wave, you have to keep your band, or if you if you don't complete an obstacle, you then end up forfeiting the band, and you're disqualified from receiving any um, you know awards, um, you know like like top male and female and stuff like that. So I mean, a lot of us will do everything we can to keep our band. So like at the Savage Race I was at last year. I mean, I sat in an obstacle for 40, 40 minutes gotcha. trying to complete it. Right. You know, like so I wouldn't have to give up the band. So, I mean, that can sometimes happen. It does happen a lot in the mandatory completion uh, races where you literally are just at one obstacle for, you know, 30, 40, sometimes even an hour, mm -hmm. just 
doing it over and over and over again because you do get unlimited attempts. So, I mean, people will just sit there and try to do whatever they can to not lose that band so that they can, you know, say that they had 100% completion. Right. Um, so, I mean, sometimes that happens. And then, um, but on average, so, I mean, like a Spartan, I would say that I'm spending probably about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 30 minutes of running. And then, um, you know, the rest of it is obstacle time. Um, and that just depends on the terrain and stuff, because again, like it's hard to determine pace when you're running like on a trail, mm -hmm. it's a lot different than road racing, you know, road racing, you have a pace, you have nine thirty, ten, ten thirty pace, right. but on a trail, I mean, depending on the elevation and like the, the technicality of the trail, sometimes you're looking at, you know, 14, 15 minute miles. I mean, other times like 17, 18. Good. Right. Yeah. Right. So for those backing up just a, just a step there for those those obstacles where you might be stuck at it for an extended period of time um and again it's always going to vary by the obstacle which is which is one of those 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 um tricky bits of of at least for me talking obstacles because like i, I kind of sort of understand them but I, I certainly am not familiar with them and, and haven't done many of them other than like you know the monkey bars when i was in elementary school or whatever but like what what is in theory, what is the trick to overcome this obstacle after 20, 30, 40 minutes where I feel like, you know, you, especially if it's, if it's a, you know, some type of hang or sometimes of rig or some type of something like that, like, like your arms are getting more, like, is it, is, does it take that long because you got to give your body enough chance to recover from the fatigue to try to keep going? Or is it, you, you get some people to kind of help you, you help each other out a little bit, like, like, and, and again, maybe it's, it's going to be a little bit different depending on, on each obstacle, but you know, what, what is the trick to getting through an obstacle after 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes of, of trying? Um, yeah. So first, I mean, so first of all, with one of your things you said, so when you're racing in the professional like wave or the elite wave or age group, you're not allowed to get assistance okay. on obstacles. You have to complete them by yourself. Um, so, I mean, a lot of times for me, it's about like technique mm. because, you know, you don't like usually some, some races, you know what you're going to see um, on course. Like, you know, Spartan's one of the big ones where they don't really um, change up the obstacles too much from course to course. So, you know, you've got your monkey bars, you've got your beater, which is like rotating monkey bars. So the monkey bars move. Mm. Um, and then you've got like, you know, like obstacles, like the, um, the multi-rig and stuff like that that have the same holds every single time. So you can kind of train for that. Gotcha. You know what you're going to be expecting. You know you're going to have rings and you're going to have ropes and you're going to have like a bar and stuff like that. So you can kind of tailor your training to that. Then you've got races like, you know, Bonefrog and, um, and Savage where like you don't know what you're going to see. Like they don't, they change the, the rigs every time. So literally every race out of like 20, 30 races a year can have a different setup wow. and different transitions. So like you don't really have the opportunity to, really train for it. I mean, you can, to an extent, you train your grip strength and stuff like that, but I mean, you're seeing something different every time. So, I mean, it's, it's about technique and learning like the best technique. And so a lot of times what I'll do is if I'm, you know, if I go through once and fail something, um, you know, then, I mean, I do take like a couple minutes to like reset and like shake my hands out and stuff, especially if it's a, a tough rig with like a lot of grips and stuff like that, because yeah, you're right. You do get tired. And, um, and the more you do it, obviously the, the more taxed your arms and your grips become. Um, so like what I'll do is I'll, I'll watch other people go through it, um, sometimes and, and like see the techniques they're using and then try those out myself, you know? So if it, it seems like somebody like gets through it pretty easily, then I'll be like, Oh, okay, this person did this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And so let me try that and then see if that works for me. Um, so, I mean, it can be just about learning um, you know, what technique to use and, and how to get navigate it successfully so that you're not, um, you know, exhausting yourself. Right. Right. That, that makes sense. And, and I, I clearly didn't realize that some of these levels you're, you're not really able to help each other. Although I guess if you're in the competitive level, like, you know, maybe not that you're wishing anybody ill, but like, Hey, we're, we're competing here. So, you know, you, you go where you go because everybody's gonna have their strengths and weaknesses, but, um, zooming, zooming out a little bit, Montana, where'd you get started in, in running in general or, or could be OCR racing? I don't know which, which came first, but like, when did you, when did you kind of get started in this, in this crazy sport of running and running plus, uh, that, that you're in at this point? Um, yes, yeah, so we're actually coming up on my 10 year anniversary, Ooh. um, which will be January of 2023. 
I can't believe I've been doing it for 10 years. It's crazy. Um, but I started with, which I love to tell this story because it's actually really funny, like to me that the person who got me into running actually hates running <laughs> and has not done a race since the very first one we did together. Um, she just really decided that she wanted to do a color run mm. and she thought it would be really fun and she didn't want to do it alone. So she signed up me and like two of our other friends and we eventually got like a whole group of people. I think there was in the end, there was like eight of us that did it together. Um, and then I just got addicted to the feeling of crossing finish lines. Like I felt so accomplished. I mean, I think at that point in my life, I was kind of in a dead end career. So I really wasn't feeling like my career was going anywhere and I had just graduated college. So I'm like, well, like what else is next? You know, what other achievements can I have? And then like I crossed that finish line. And I was like, oh, wow, this feels really good. Like, I mean, I finished a 5K and like, that's awesome. And so then I just wanted to do more and I kept signing up for more races. Um, my first three 5Ks were just road um, runs. And, you know, I, I really liked doing that. But um, I had a friend in, in college, a roommate actually, and she did mud runs all the time. Um, and the funny thing is if you knew me in college, I hated getting dirty. Like I would literally get like food on my mouth and I would, I would like have to take it off right away. Or like, you know, like, like I would drop it on my shirt and I hate it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wasn't the kind to like, just like to be dirty at any point. Um, so she finally convinced me to do a mud run with her in April of 2014. And it was a little small, little local one in Florida, mud endeavor which is, um, you know, they're, they're a cool company. They have, um, they just, they're just in Florida, but they have some really, um, you know, fun events. And after that, like, I was just, I was addicted to that because it was just a lot different than running. You know I mean? You just run straight, but you've got like the obstacles in between to break it up. And it was just, um, it was really intriguing, like to, you know, get through the obstacles and like figure out what I was good at. And then like, you know, I kind of made me want to go back and, hit the ones that I wasn't good at and train and, and you'll know, get better. So I started doing, um, doing OCR about a couple months after I started running gotcha. and then, um, and then OCR just took off and that's been my sport pretty much ever since. For, for someone who doesn't like getting dirty. Um, I mean, I know peer pressure can be a, a can, peer pressure can be a thing. I, you know, sometimes a wonderfully, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Sometimes a very not wonderful thing. Um, but like, what was, what was, what was the allure? What did, what did your friend do to convince you to, to jump into a mud run when, like you said, that sounds like that would have been the, the, the absolute last thing that you would have been, that anyone who knew you would have even thought you would have wanted to do. Like what got you over the line to try it the first time? Well, I'm like super competitive. Like it's a secret, like competitive streak I have with everybody in my life. Like, honestly, it doesn't even matter who it is. I just, I like to beat people at things. So like, it was kind of more like a, like, oh, I bet you won't do this. Uh, and I'm like, okay, really watch me like type of thing. You know, it was just like a challenge. Um, and then we got a group of girls together and we all did it together. And, um, and I just, I love the teamwork aspect. Cause when I first started running OCR, I wasn't, you know, running it competitively or trying to, you know, PR or anything like that. I was just doing it for fun with friends. Um, but the one thing that I love about OCR that you will, you don't really find elsewhere. I mean, the running community is, is a really awesome community. I'm sure you know that like everybody's very supportive of each other. There's not a lot of, you know, there's competition, but not to the extent where it's like in other sports where you like talk down to your opponents. It's more like, like you are in competition with somebody, but everybody can just congratulate each other and helps each other. And, and, you know, really likes to see each other succeed. And in OCR, it's, it's very similar, but um, but everybody's just so helpful on course. And like, if you're struggling at an obstacle, there are people who are going to push you up and over and who are going to like help you out and give you tips and stuff like that to, um, to get over the obstacle. And um, there's a, there's like, you know, if you're scared, I mean, I can't even tell you the amount of times I'm terrified of heights. Mm. So I can't even tell you the amount of times there's been obstacles where I'm literally having a panic attack doing it because it's like super high. And like, there's people that will talk you down from your fears and will like, be like, you can do it. And like, they'll, you know, they, they sit there with you and they're like, they're like, okay, I'm going to stay right here at the top and my arms right here if you need it and stuff like that. So like, it's, it's just a very different community than anything I really experienced where people are just willing to go out of their way to help a stranger. And, um, and you make some friends like on course, like that are your friends for life. I mean, two of my best friends I met 
doing obstacle course racing. And to this day, you know, eight, nine years later, we're still really good friends. It almost sounds probably more so, but, but almost like the difference between trail running and road running in that like both groups, very supportive, very friendly, very welcoming, but like there's just a different vibe when you're doing a road race of whatever distance where typically people have their headphones in, they've got their goals, they've got their paces. Like they'll talk to you beforehand. They'll talk to you afterwards. But like when the race starts, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to go until I get to the finish line. And and then, you know, then, then all the fun can start again versus for a trail race. And especially start getting to the longer trail races, ultras, things like that. Like people sometimes have their, their time goals, but it's like, Hey, I'll run with you for a while. Or you look like you're struggling. Like, Hey, let's, let's, let's walk together and, and talk it out. And, and, um, you know, try to get to that next aid station. Um, it almost sounds like at least those experiences that you had with the OCR community are a lot more like that, where it's like, you know, you, you might go in there with no friends, but you might come out with two or three or four best friends that you have for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% what it is. Um, the most recent one I just did, the Infinity Tough Mudder, it was up in the the Poconos. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Poconos? Po- Poconos? Oh, no, I, I don't of, know any different Pennsylvania. Correct, so it works for me. <laughs> everything's pronounced differently in Pennsylvania. I don't know. Um, but that's where it was. And I didn't know anybody that was running the race. I mean, my boyfriend went with me, um, as a spectator, but like, I didn't know anybody who was actually running the race. And I came away with a group of friends and, you know, I mean, I'm going to see them all at worlds in a couple, um, you know, a couple months. Well, now it's like a month and a half away, but like, you know, I mean, and those people, like I, I literally just met this group of people and next year they've kind of started to release the schedules for next year. Um, and the endurance events at Tough Mudder, they, they change venues every year. So like this year it was like Philadelphia and I believe the other toughest was in Chicago. Um, and next year they're going to have one in like twin cities in Minnesota. Um, but they're also going to have one in Pittsburgh. And so Pittsburgh is where this group of people is from. And it's actually one of my favorite cities. I love Pittsburgh. So I was like super excited. She was posting it on Facebook and saying that like, she was excited that it was coming to her hometown. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite city, you know, and I have the perfect outfit for it. And like, you know, I really want to come do that. And she's like, oh, stay with us. Like, I've met this, you know, woman exactly one time. But, you know, that's you got a house to stay in. Right. So, I mean, it's it's like it really is a whole different level of community and, and friendship. It's like people open their homes to you. They are, um, you know, you see each other at, at the races and, and you just always talk and then you become Facebook friends and you know, you plan your schedules with each other. So, I mean, it, it really is a, a different vibe. Yeah, it's very much teamwork and, and friendship and community and stuff like that. And that's that's one of the things that really drew me in. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and I, I, I'm smiling because I feel like, like, again, you know, slightly different, but but a lot of similarities of, of just some of the running communities I've been a part of where it's just like, you know, oh, I'm going to this race and so-and-so is picking me up at the airport. And like, my wife's like, well, have you ever met this person? I was like, well, I mean, we talked on Twitter, you know, like, like, but yeah, she's picking me up at the airport. And she's like, well, do you, but you don't know her. And I was like, well, I mean, no, but like, but like never a second guess. Like she offered, I was like, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, and, and in, in your case, like, Hey, you can stay at our house and you're like, yeah, cool. Totally. But to somebody outside of, of some of the running circles and, and OCR circles and things like that, it, it could seem, seem crazy to just be like, why would she open her house to you? She she's met you once. And why would you be like, yeah, sure. Of course I'll stay there. Um, but it's just, it's just the community that we're in, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's the awesome part. I mean, like from doing obstacle racing, I have friends all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, I could stay with pretty much any one of those people when I go for a race. Which kind of makes it easier because, I mean, as I'm sure you know, like, you know, traveling and racing, that adds up over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not exactly easy. It's not exactly a cheap hobby to have, especially with obstacle racing. Obstacle racing tends to have, it's like Ironman in in the level of pricing, you know. I mean, it's it's expensive. It's not a, you know, like $35 5K. You're looking at at least $70, $80, $100 per race for the entry alone. And then you've got your travel and you're, like, getting there and, like, your hotel and your food and stuff. So, I mean it does help to cut down the cost when you have people that you can like just kind of hang with and they've got rooms and they're like, Oh, I got a spare bedroom. Like just come stay here. So, I mean, it does, it makes, it makes a difference, but yeah, I mean, to an outsider, most people would just be like, what the hell are you doing? Like you, (laughs) you literally don't even know this person, but I mean, it's like, I've never ever encountered anyone in obstacle racing that like I didn't, you know, that I felt uncomfortable with even the guys like that I've made friends with and stuff like that. You know, and as a woman, that's something that I have to 
be aware of because, you know, there are, you know, sometimes people aren't, don't have the best of intentions, but I've never felt uncomfortable with anybody that I've ever met. And like even staying in their house or like hanging out with them or like just, you know, renting hotel rooms with them. I mean, it's, I've, I've never been made to feel like, you know, they it was more than just saving money and right. sharing expenses. Right. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's in it for the same reason. Hey, we can, we can, we can cut the cost a little bit and that means we can, we can run another race, hopefully, you know, saving a little bit of money that, yeah. that, that just goes towards the next race. Exactly. So, um, when it comes to preparing for, for an OCR, um, and obviously again, it's going to depend on the duration and, and lots of, lots of, of variables here, but, but how much focus do you put on the running side of the training and how much focus do you put on, you know, the, the strength training, the grip strength, some of the, some of the, the skills and abilities that you need to work on to navigate the obstacles that you're going to have to face? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely, um, you know, a great question. And I know a lot of people have asked me over the years, like how, how the training works. Um, you know, I, I actually started working with a coach, um, her name's Jade Skillen. She's as based in the UK and, um, and she's, she won the Spartan UK, uh, championships in 2018. So, I mean, I, I found, I went online and found, you know, somebody that could train me specifically for this discipline, especially when I wanted to start getting, um, more serious about it and start like working on PRing and, and like hundred percent obstacle completion and those kind of goals, um, you know, and take, take away from like, not taking away from the fun side, but when I wanted to start becoming a more serious athlete and like actually training specifically for the sport. Um, so I found her and she, she does my, my training plans. And, um, and so right like basically what we do is it's more like, I don't know if you're familiar with training periodization, mm-hmm. like where you do different blocks um, and you're like, you know, like for eight weeks, you're working on specific skills and then another eight weeks, you have another skill set. Um, but that's kind of what we do. So like, for example, over the summer, um, a lot of it, I had a strong running focus. So I was running more miles and um, I was only doing like one strength training session a week and it was a mix of upper and lower mm-hmm. uh, body. But a lot of it was like just building my mileage because the race I'm training for is world's toughest mutter, which is a 24 hour endurance race. So, I mean, I need to be able to run for significant period of time and, um, and, you know, have that, that ultra level endurance. So, I mean, over the summer, that was the focus. It was more endurance based, um, you know, just long, slow miles, just getting out there and getting time on my feet. Um, and then now, now that we're about eight weeks out, well, seven weeks now from race day, um, it's, um, I'm doing like two grip strength sessions and a lifting session every week. So, I mean, it's more focused on like race simulation. Like I do a lot of workouts where, it's, um, you know, we simulate obstacles in the middle of workout. So I'll run like one K and then I'll do like 30 burpees and I'll run another one K and I'll do like some monkey bars or run like, you know, like 500 meters and then climb a rope. Mm -hmm. Um, if I have access to those things, if I don't, then she subs in stuff like, you know, box jumps or like, you know, other like carry something to break up, just something to break up the run. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, what are the hardest obstacle types for you? Hardest obstacle types. I, I mean, you know, it really depends on the race. Like, honestly, like, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I'm terrified of heights. So mentally, those are the difficult ones because it's like, I just, I freeze. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's an obstacle at Tough Mudder. It's called Mudderhorn. It's a three-story high cargo net. Mm. And I mean, that's, ginormous to somebody who's terrified of heights and even though it's a cargo net and like I have something to grab right it's still it's freaky like I mean my my one you know piece of advice to people who are scared of of heights don't look down (laughs) because I mean you're done if you do that but like the whole time I was doing this like a couple weeks ago at my race I just kept repeating to myself like one foot one hand one foot one hand like just to get myself over it and like get out of my head um but like physically I would say that, you know, some of the, some of the rigs can be tough um, because the grips, it depends on what kind of grips they have. Like monkey bars are, you know, that's pretty cut and dry. I mean, you just got bars and you just got to, you know, if it's wet, you're going to have a problem with grip. I mean, unless your grip strength is impenetrable, but, um, but you know, like overall monkey bars are monkey bars. There's not a lot of variation there. I mean, it can, it can look different, but it's, it is, it's still bars. Mm -hmm. 
but then you've got like the rigs where you've got like um you can probably look this up because it, it's not going to make too much sense if i tell you what it what it is but um it's called twirly bird and it's on savage race's website um and it is like a rope but it's very slick uh, and it, it looks almost like like a cat of nine tails type of thing it's like multiple ropes that have like little stops at the end of it and it's just like you have to grab it and swing mm -hmm. and like your hand immediately when you grab it it just slides to the very bottom and you fall off <sighs> like i mean it's very hard to like actually get a grip on those things so like stuff like that can be really difficult for me um, i try and you know train with those kind of of grips so that i can get better at it but but yeah, those are some of the toughest, you know, grips is the stuff that where your hand just slides off or like a, a slick bar or something that's like straight up and down that has nothing at the bottom to like right. stop your grip, you from sliding off. And they, they never, I'm sure, just like, just like a good road race never has the hill at the start of the race. It always has it at the very end. Um, I'm sure some of these, these ones that just wreck your, your grip strength, you know, it's not in the first, in the first, you know, quarter of the race. It's always, it's always towards the end when you're already tired and then, oh, now we've got this nonsense to deal with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most of the obstacles in most of these races are packed at the end. I mean, the first couple miles, like on a 10 K race, your first like three miles, depending on the race, you can have like anywhere from two to five obstacles per mile. But like at the end, the last mile, like mile six, you will literally have probably about 10 to 15 obstacles, like all packed <laughs> into that over. one mile. It's just, it's rig after rig, after grip strength, after rope. Um, and it's all just right there at the very end. I mean, I'm telling you, Montana, you are not selling me on, on OCRs. Like, you know, I, 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 it's just, that's just, oh, anyway, like I said, not, never, never saying never, you know, who knows, maybe someday, but, uh, we are not inching towards that. Um, do you, do you do, you know, now that you're a little bit more focused on competing and, you know, working with the coach and, and really trying to, to step up your game and, and the OCRs, do you do much quote unquote, just racing anymore? I mean, I know I saw on the website doing, you know, you've done 20 something half marathons and a handful of marathons. Like, is that still part of the, the routine at this point? Or is that kind of, you know, not, not your thing right now? It's very cyclical. I actually saw a post recently and it was like um, saying that, Overall, in obstacle racing, I think obstacle race media was the one that put it out, but it was saying that overall in obstacle course racing, like a lot of people will go for three to four years and will have a strict focus on OCR, and then they kind of like veer off into something else, whether that's trail running or ultra running or like road racing, or even like taking time off to like raise a family or doing something else. You know, it's like they kind of taper off after that three to four year mark, and then they might come back to the sport for another couple of years. I feel like that's what happened to me. Like the first couple of years, I say 2014 through early 2017, I did more obstacle races than I did any other type of race. Um, I still threw in, you know, the occasional like local five or 10 K, but, um, but I was more in Disney races. I love Disney races. So I did a lot of those, but I was more focused on like just obstacle races. And then like from 2017 through 2019, I did more road racing. Like I was marathon training and, and I didn't want to, mix obstacle racing into that. Cause I was, I'm, I'm really clumsy. I fall all the time and I hurt myself. So I was worried about like falling on a, on an obstacle and like hurting myself and then not being able to do my marathon. So I, um, I kind of, you know, cut back on that. And then after 2020, we all know what happened in 2020. That was a, you know, hellacious year, but obstacle racing was actually the first thing to reopen, right. um, with social distancing and they were the first ones to hold races again. And so like at that point, I think I was just so relieved to be able to do an event again. So like my first race after everything opened back up um, towards the end of 2020 was a savage race in Charlotte, North Carolina. Cause I was like, the first thing I saw that was gonna happen, I was like, I'm going. Like I'm, I've been without an event for 10 months at this point. I'm like, I need to do something. So like that got me back into it. And I just like kind of rekindled my love for, for OCR. and and started doing that again. And that's when I started taking training more seriously. Um, but like, I mean, I'll do like local races. Like I've got a 10 K coming up. It's called the wicked 10 K. It's like one of the most popular ones in this area and it's a Halloween race and Halloween's my favorite holiday. So it's like super awesome. Everybody dresses up and, um, and stuff like that. But, um, my main focus right now would be OCR. Gotcha. Because of the pandemic, maybe it's hard to, to pin these these together. But I'm going to ask the question anyway, and if and if it's kind of one of those like I don't know, then it's it's an I don't know. We'll move on. Um, 
but did you notice a difference in performance in the OCRs after having that, you know, two or three year stretch where you kind of focused more on, on the endurance running and the marathons and the halves and things like that? Like, like as in stronger base of running helped with the, the OCR performance because the running was maybe easier or not so much or like, 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 is, is there a connection to be drawn there or is it kind of hard to tell for you? For me, it's honestly hard to tell because I was injured a lot. Okay. Like, um, 2019, I slipped, slipped and twisted my ankle. So I had to take six weeks off for that. And then I got back into road racing. And so I had like a good six to eight months where I was doing road racing. And then, you know, 2020 happened, all the races got canceled from March on. So I was just running. I mean, that's all we could do at that point. Like, you know, gyms were closed and like, I mean, literally, so we had at home workout equipment. I did a lot of like, you know, swimming and running. So, I mean, my endurance was great, but I had a stress fracture from overuse. I kind of overdid it. I was running like twice a day because I got laid off with the pandemic. So I had nothing else to do. So I was pretty much living the life of an elite athlete where I was just like, you know, eating and napping and running all the time. (laughs) And I just got so bored that I would go for like two, three runs a day because I'm like, I just need to get out of my house and do something. And there's, there's nothing open. So you can't go anywhere. So I ended up with an overuse stress fracture. So, I mean, then I had to take two months off to rehab that and then like started getting into the actual specific obstacle training um, and added that into my running. And then last year at Thanksgiving, I fell down the stairs and tore my MCL. Oh, Lord. So then I had to start over <laughs> as of March of this year. I mean, January and February, I pretty much didn't run hardly at all. Um, and then as of March, started rebuilding my endurance. So, I mean, endurance wise, I don't really... I don't think I've noticed that I've gotten any better because of all the injuries. Like I've constantly had to take two, three months off every year. So it's like, I feel like I'm always starting over, but I mean, hopefully I, I said 2022, I'm not getting any injuries Yes. and we're done. I had three injuries in a row. Bad things come in threes. We're done. So I'm like, hopefully this is the start of me being able to rebuild that endurance. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in, in my view for whatever my view is worth as a coach or somebody who's studied a little bit of, of physiology in my day, like the key for endurance is just consistency over time. And it's, it's a tough, tough, tough to move the needle very far forward. Um, if every, you know, whatever it is, every six, eight months, you've got a two month injury. Um, that's, that's a, that's a tough way of doing it. So yeah, hopefully staying healthy for the, the, uh, um, not only just the immediate future, but the, the long-term future, um, is would would be would be a nice a nice turn of events for you. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was in the best shape of my life probably early 2019 when I did two consistent years of marathon training because I was logging like tons of long mileage, mm-hmm. and you know, as I'm sure you know, like logging that kind of mileage, overall long slow runs will eventually make you faster mm-hmm. because I mean, I guess your body just is like, oh well, I run 20 miles at this pace, so running five miles at a faster pace is like nothing. Right. So, I mean, I, I had a bunch of PRs from like end of 2018 into early 2019 um, with my road racing, just because of the the fact that I was pretty consistent for, you know, two straight years. I just haven't been able to hit that, that consistency since right. just because of all the injuries. So that's why I'm hoping that, you know, this knee injury, that's the last one I have for quite a while this way. It'll give me time to, you know, get back to that level. Yeah. Um, you may have mentioned it and I may have missed it. And, and if, and if I did, I apologize, but were the, were the injuries OCR related or were they just freaky life things or, you know, especially with the knee, like, was that, was that something from, from a race or, or in training or was that just one fluky step that, that threw you out of commission for a while? No, I just fell down the stairs. Oh Lord. I thought I heard I can that run and I wasn't really sure I was well. second myself. Yeah, no, I can run really well. I just can't walk right. I, I just suck at walking. I'm, I can't adult well, very well. So like, yeah, I just fell down the stairs. Um, the only one that I had ever had an injury from um, obstacle racing was um, the 2019, the, the a sprained ankle. I fell off of an obstacle. My hand slipped at the end and the way I landed just twisted my ankle. Gotcha. But, um, but I mean, that's not something, you know, I could have controlled or anything like that. It was just my, I landed and my foot just did that where the ankle just rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness. So I, I know that this, you know, and I kind of tongue in cheek about like, ah, yeah, no real desire to do, to do the obstacle course thing, but like, let's assume let's, let's play a thought experiment game of like, all right, you're, you're convincing me. Maybe, maybe I want to try an obstacle course race or maybe somebody listening more realistically, maybe somebody listening is like, you know what? This does sound kind of fun. You know, 
get getting my 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 feet dirty, my hands dirty, my whole body dirty maybe. Um, what what is in in your experience um, some good advice for somebody thinking about getting into you know let's say they've got some level of of running base, whatever it is, doesn't really matter, but like venturing into the obstacle course racing world for the first time. What are, what are some thoughts in terms of of training? You know things to work on training wise, maybe race companies to, that are more maybe more beginner friendly than some of the other ones like just general thoughts for somebody who's maybe like unlike me like, yeah this sounds this sounds interesting i might want to give it a shot at some point in the next you know six eight months yeah absolutely um i mean my biggest advice for people thinking about doing it would be just to get a bunch of friends and go out and have fun mm. like i mean if you can you know run a couple miles you can do an obstacle race. Um, and you don't even have to be, be consistent, like running a couple miles. You can run walk. I mean, a lot of people walk half these courses. Um, but like, I mean, you can, you can definitely do them. You don't need to have any specific training to do your first one. I mean, I mean, obviously it's good to have grip strength. So, I mean, if you want to work on something like that, I would say like focus on like pull-ups. If you have a park where you can do some monkey bars and just go back and forth and like get used to the feel of that. Um, because you know, it, it does, like at this point I have calluses it's on my like hands from the amount of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, somebody who's not used to doing that can easily like, you know, um, hurt themselves or, or get like, like a, a blister or something yeah, from doing it. So just getting used to the feel. But, um, but really I would just say, just grab your friends and just go out and have fun. Like, honestly, the 5k ones are probably a good beginner level. And like, I would say one of the, I mean, Tough Mudder is one of my favorite ones for that reason. Because the sense of community in Tough Mudder, it's, it's not a race. It's about like helping each other. And they will specifically say that there's the Tough Mudder creed um, that they do at the start line um, where they'll say like, this is not a race, but a challenge. And the challenge is to overcome your fears and, you know, help each other out in the obstacles. And like, you'll have people that just sit at an obstacle for 15, 20 minutes, just helping other people. Like that's all they're doing. They're not moving on. They're just sitting there like helping other people get up mm -hmm. the obstacle. And so, I mean, like, like that's like a really good beginner friendly one, because I mean, first of all, 5k is, you know, not as intimidating of a distance, but your obstacles are going to be, you know, stuff that anyone can do um, with the help of your teammates. And I mean, it's just, it's a fun environment. Um, if, if you're looking at another one, I would say like another good beginner one would be Rugged Maniac. They've got about 25, 30 obstacles. And a lot of their obstacles are fun stuff like trampolines and bounce, like, you know, there's a big bouncy slide and like, they've got some you know, like more like monkey bar type rig style ones. But a lot of theirs are just like, you know, really fun, like trapeze style obstacles or like, you know, mud pits or like, you know, you bounce from a trampoline onto a, a big, you know, like inflated wall type of stuff. So, I mean, it's just, and, and the after party at Rugged Maniac is phenomenal. It's like they got a, a bull you can ride in the, in the zone and they've got food trucks and like, beer and like they have a stein ho hoisting competition and stuff like that so i mean it's just it's you know just a party mm -hmm. well and that's you know again i mean i i feel like at least from from hearing you talk about it it's, it's and again every race can be different and, and different different goals and different different companies but like it just feels so much more like it like a trail race where it's just like yeah you know like finish the race and then there's 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 beers and there's you know there's the grill is going and we've got food and we you know i haven't been to a trail race with you with the mechanical bull yet but you know i wouldn't be shocked if one of those is out there um <laughs> but but yeah i mean just you know come for the race but hang out for the shenanigans afterwards instead of like come for the race and as soon as you cross the finish line head on and get back with your day yeah absolutely that's that's what um pretty much every obstacle course race that i've been at has um, you know, I mean, Rugged Maniac's probably the only one with a mechanical bull, but, um, you know, even Savage Race, Tough Mudder, I mean, there's a whole after party and they have like the food trucks in the, the zone or in the, um, in the festival area. Um, at one point, Tough Mudder even had some obstacles in the festival area that you could like, you know, sign a waiver and, and like try out, mm. like just as, you know, for spectators just to have fun. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just it's, it's fun. And it's just, it's an all day event. Like I've definitely been to the races where I do like the five or 10 K in the morning and I'm done by like 10 30, 11 o'clock. And then I'm there until 3 PM just hanging out with friends. And we're just like, you know, bullshitting really like, and just right. playing around and having fun. Like it's, it's just a, it's an, it's just like a festival and, and just everybody dances. They have like wine dancing and stuff at some of them. So, I mean, it's just, it's a really just fun environment. 
Well, and it, and it goes back to just that, that community feel that you get out on the course. And of course, if you're going to get a community feel on the course, you're going to get, you're going to get it times 10 in the, in the after party area. And it's just, yeah, like make it, make a day out of it instead of, you know, Oh, I got, I ran my 5k in, in 36 minutes and now I'm, I'm on to this, that, and the other, like, no, like we're here for the day. Like, let's have fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of the races have started doing like kids races, like Spartan has a kids race. So does Savage, Tough Mudder. And, and, you know, so like the family can bring, they can bring their whole family. Like you can have a kid and then like, there's people like, like when we have groups, um, when I was in Florida, I was a part of a big group called Mud Run Fun. And it was just a, a large group of people that would go to like o- the OCRs and we'd set up tents. And people would volunteer to watch other people's kids while they were, um, you know, running the race. And then like the moms would take their kids over to the kids course afterward and we'll have them go on the kids course and there's entertainment for them. So, I mean, it's literally like a family fun day. It's just, everybody's welcome and everybody can come and just have fun and just, you know, spend the whole day out at the festival. And it's almost like a huge fair. Now see that part of it, you're starting to sway me a little bit. I'm still, I'm still, you know, I, I still, I still don't have uh, both legs into the, into the, into the water, into the mud just yet. But like that, that I could get behind just the, the, but maybe I could just do that with, anyway, I, I, I like the idea of the festival and just everybody hanging out and the kids and, you know, maybe just being outside and being active, you know, like call me old fashioned, but like, that's, that's not a bad thing for families to do once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like the best part, so the two I mentioned for that are good for beginners, Tough Mudder and Rugged Maniac those aren't mandatory obstacles. There's no penalties. Mm. If you don't want to complete something, like if you don't want to go through the mud pit, just walk around it. I mean, it's your race. It's (laughs) your, like you do what you want to do, what you feel comfortable doing. I mean, they do encourage you to get out of that comfort zone and try things that you normally wouldn't do. Um, and you know, and everybody will be trying to convince you to do the obstacle, even if you decide that you don't want to. But I mean, even, um, even Savage Race, I mean, none of those Really, the only one that has penalties is Spartan and Bonefrog will have penalties. And Spartan's penalty is 30 burpees if you fail an obstacle. Right. Um, that's more of, a, of an honor system. So, I mean, in the open waves, nobody's really right. policing that. I mean, we always advocate to do it because, I mean, it's part of the race. But, um, you know, if you don't do it, then nobody's really going like, hey, oh, my God, you didn't do your right. burpees. Get right. back yeah. over nobody's, here. Nobody's taking your bib number down and calling, you know, some, some uh, like DQing you because you didn't do your, your, uh, your burpees. Yeah, that only is going to happen when you're right, doing it professionally right. in the age group and the elite waves and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you're just doing it for fun, it really is just an honor system. And a lot of those races that I was mentioning, they just don't have penalties. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you can, like, kind of do your own race and, like, skip things if you don't feel like you can complete it or you just don't feel like doing it. I mean, there's a lot of people that go out and do that, and they, you know, just build up little by little right. to what they feel comfortable doing. Right. Which is, you know, I mean, that's that's awesome that that's, that's – not only that it's allowed, but it, you know, it, it may be not super encouraged, but like, like it is, you know, like if this is your first time and you're nervous about something like, Hey, no worries. Like we'll see you next time. And you, and you'll, you'll push through it. And, you know, just kind of, like you said, it's your race, treat it like it's your race and, and get what you need out of it for the day and make sure you have a good time. And that's, that's what keeps people in theory coming back for more. sounds like that's been the case for you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I like that aspect, you know, there's not as much pressure it's all about having fun when you first start. And that's what I did for the first like several years that I was in obstacle racing is I would just do it with big groups of people mm-hmm. and just screw around on the obstacles. And I mean, there's like, like one of my really good friends, you know, there's an ice bath in one of the, obst- in one of the races, like where you literally go through like a vat of ice water. And I mean, he always wanted to get out and just do that one again. I mean, I think he's nuts, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, like, that's the thing you can just sit at an obstacle and like, just keep right. doing it or, or just, you know, make other attempts. Like, I mean, when you're not doing it for time, Right. pretty much take as long as you want out there and just have fun and play around. It's like a big playground for adults, honestly. <laughs> yes. And that's, again, not exactly the worst thing to just have a big adult playground. Like that's not, that's not a terrible, terrible way to maybe spend a day. Um, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up Montana, I know you mentioned earlier uh, training now for, for the 24 hour event. The, the world is the toughest mutter. Is that what world's toughest mutter? Is that what we're, we're training for? Yeah, World's Toughest Mudder. Um, it is this year. It's the World Obstacle Course Racing Championships for the 24-hour. Um, and I mean, it's like it's one of the biggest events. Um, it's it's the Tough Mudder, like end of the season, you know, grand finale. They they debut new obstacles at that race, and um, and that's one of the Tough Mudders that is more competitive. I mean, overall, like I said, Tough Mudder built like builds itself is not a race, but a challenge. Right. Uh, but this one is, um, it's more, you know, there's, there's definitely elite level contenders that come out, um, for this one and stuff like that. And, 
you see stuff that you don't see on other courses. And, and this one is just, um, it's, it's a big, you know, overnight event starts at like, I think at 12 PM on Saturday and goes to 12 PM on Sunday. Goodness. So, I mean, you just do as many, as many loops of the five mile course as you possibly can. Do you have a target in mind, um, of how many loops you're hoping to get or, or like, like, for lack of a better way of asking the question, what would be, what would be a success for you at, at this year's race? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have a couple different goals. Um, I would like to, a goal would be to get between 40 and 50 miles at the event. So, um, so I mean, you know, somewhere between that mm-hmm. like level, um, I at least like minimum want to do an ultra marathon so, I mean, I would at least want to get more than 30 miles in um, at the toughest, which is America's Toughest Mudder, which is like kind of the, the half version. It's a 12-hour version that I did in Philadelphia in, in May. Um, I managed four laps of that one's a 10K course. Mm-hmm. So, I ended up with um, like a marathon distance mm-hmm. with obstacles. So, I'd like to do an ultra marathon at this one at least. But, um, but a goal, yeah, would be between 40 and 50 miles. I'd, I'd like to, you know hit that parameter. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Certainly nothing but good luck to you. You stay healthy, get that, that last, those last, uh, you know, five, six good weeks of training in and rest up and, and, uh, be ready to go for it. And, and certainly looking forward to, to seeing how, how it all shakes out for you. One last question before we let you out of here, I call it the philosophical question. It's the last, the last question, um, kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended. You can kind of take it wherever, wherever you want to go with it. But in the, you, know, you mentioned earlier that you're approaching your 10 year anniversary of, of, you know, dipping your toes into running. Um, and I'm just curious, you know, in the, in those last 10 years or so, uh, since you've, since you've started down this path, it's, that's leading towards, you know, world's toughest motor, the, the championship race. Um, how has running kind of changed you or, or changed your perspective on life or, or any, any kind of takeaways that you can look at and go, you know what? I mean, if 10 years ago I hadn't dabbled in this first color run with my friend who hates running, um, maybe, you know, this, this thing or this lesson or, or whatever would have never happened because it's, it's something fairly well, um, connected to running. If that line of questioning makes any sense at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, running changes everybody, I think, but, um, I mean, you know, just some of the things that I've noticed, um, more confidence, um, I advocate for myself more than I did. Like, you know, when I started, I was in my mid twenties and I wasn't really a super confident person. I I didn't really, like I said, I was in a dead end job, so I didn't really feel like I was going anywhere with my career. And, but I I was too afraid to make changes. Like I just didn't know where to go, um, from there, but, you know, doing this, like, I mean, I've since, you know, done a lot of different things and, and I was able to, like, one of the main things was, you know, I, I quit that job and I found another job that was better. And then when that job became, you know, something that I didn't enjoy anymore, I quit that job and found it. I mean, I've, I've been able to like advocate for myself and be to the point where I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to stand for being treated like this, or I'm not going to stand for this glass ceiling in terms of salary. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get something better and do something more. And I mean, I don't think I would have been that way if I hadn't started, you know, running and, and doing obstacle course racing. I think it really helped me to um, to just have more confidence and be like, I know I deserve better than this. And like, I know I can do better than this. And then, um, and the big one was, you know, honestly, I moved from Florida to Virginia last year. And, um, I mean, I've been talking about leaving Florida since I was 15. I I hate Florida. I don't like living there. I haven't ever, but again, always was too scared to like, you know, jump out of that comfort zone. Cause that was all I ever knew. My family was there. I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to go somewhere where I don't know anybody and, have no experience and just start over. And, and it was like, it was scary. You know, it's like, it's like, like you just, you don't know what that holds, but, um, but I did last year. And, you know, I, I don't think if I hadn't been running and doing obstacle course racing that I probably would have taken those leaps. Um, I think I, I probably would have remained in a, a situation that I, you know, was unhappy in, or at least not like maybe my life was okay, but you know, not like, really in love with my life. And, and, you know, now I, I really love where I'm at and, you know, I'm building a community here and, you know, it's, I've met some really awesome people and, and I wouldn't have had that experience. I think if I hadn't, you know, been running and, and, you know, started seeing the world outside of where I lived. 
I love it. I lo that's why I love these questions. Cause I never know exactly where we're going to go, but by the time it's over, I'm like, God, that was awesome. So keep on keeping on lady. Uh, Y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want to see the next chapter, of course, the, the OCR coming up, the, the big world championship event, but also just continuing to, to grow and change. And, you know, who knows where life takes her. Uh, PrettyLilMutter.com, PrettyLilMutter on Instagram and Twitter. DizRuns.com slash 1092. Of course, we'll have everything linked up today as per usual. Uh, Montana, thanks for, for making the time today. Um, I guess thanks for pushing me just a little bit closer to maybe one of these days doing an OCR. I don't know if I should thank you for that or, or chastise you for it. But, um, you know, you, you got me with that, that post-race party and the shenanigans and the family type of situation. So I don't know. Who knows? You know, not, not pulling out the credit card to sign up just yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but looking forward to staying in touch. Good luck at the race coming up here in, a, in another month and a half or two months, whenever it is. Um, and uh, nothing but the best for you going forward, lady. All right. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you never know. Um, you might, you might get sucked in. I always tell people when they, uh, when they say that they are going to do one, it's like, I've never known anybody who just does one, like they start and then they keep going because it's so fun. Um, but yeah, you never know. You always try something new, get out of that comfort zone. You never know what's going to happen. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Montana and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what your takeaway was from today. What what stood out to you from our little chit chat? For me, the, as always, and I, why do I say this every time? Because it, it, it's true every time. Just assume, if I don't ever say there were multiple, several things that stood out to me, just assume that there probably were, because there always is. Um, but for me today, the one I'm going to go with is when Montana was talking about kind of ebbing and flowing from obstacle racing and getting into it pretty heavy for a while and get into road running a little bit more. And then after the pandemic, kind of really diving back into the OCR world a little bit more. And while I still don't have any uh, major ambitions, even though, you know, I enjoyed the, the conversation. I'm intrigued by the idea of the OCR world. I still have no, you know, real, real intentions of getting into that water anytime soon. But I think that sometimes it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle to, for me to feel comfortable kind of going outside of, of my lane. And I don't even know that I have that much of a lane as a runner, but you know, I've been open about my 50 state marathon challenge and, and you know, the, the goal of, of running a marathon in every state at some point. And, you know, there's been times that I've thought about, you know, maybe going, you're looking for races when I'm traveling or, or visiting family or whatever, and kind of wrestling with myself about the idea of doing an, an ultra doing a trail 50 K versus a road marathon. And don't come at me with, well, I mean, it's still more than a marathon. It like it would count. I know it would count technically, but I don't know if it would count for me, but, but all that saying, like, I feel like sometimes maybe I've made my lane being that, that, you know, road marathons are kind of my priority because that's a big goal that I have. And I guess just talking to, to Montana and kind of hearing how she's bounced in and out of, of the OCR world and how that's actually not uncommon um, is just, is just a little bit of a nudge to remind me that like, it's okay to do other things, right? It's okay to take a break from marathons in general. It's okay. It's okay to run more ultras or half marathons or 10 Ks or, or heaven forbid, five Ks, whatever, you know, it's, it's not like we need to only do one thing forever in the sport. You know, I could do multi-day challenges. I could do a freaking Spartan. I'm not going to, but I could, um, but I, I just think that sometimes I myself, and, and maybe this, this resonates with, with the running community at large, or at least some members of the running community at large, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I do, I do OCR, so I can't do road races, or I do trail running, so I can't do road, or I do road, so I can't do trail. And, you know, it's okay to, to come and go. It's okay to try something else. And heaven forbid you like it. It's okay to, to go all in in whatever that other new discipline is, whatever that new distance or location or whatever the case might be, because in, in the most part, or for the most part, like you're not, you're not saying that you're turning your back on, you know, road racing forever because you started getting into trail ultras. Like you may never come back to it, but if you wanted to, you could, you know, there's nothing, there's, there's no race entry form that I've ever seen that you're filling out going, all right, I'm registering for this road marathon and then there's a, there's a question, please tick this box. If you've never dabbled in trail racing, because if you have, we don't want you here. Like that does, that's not how it happens. So I don't know, long winded as per usual way of saying that. I think that, that one thing that, that maybe I'll try to do more of, 
I probably would benefit from trying to do more of is dipping my toes in some different waters, trying some different things, maybe even going back to some things that I've done before and enjoyed, but for one reason or another, have had a mental block towards really exploring, really diving into certain things. Road races aren't going anywhere. Trail races aren't going anywhere. OCRs aren't going anywhere. Whatever your thing is, it's probably not going anywhere. And it doesn't hurt to try something else because you might just like it. You might just like it. I might just like it. Not OCRs though. (laughs) Not OCRs. Not right now at least. Anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's conversation? If you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also, also hit up the show notes, DizRuns.com slash 1092, past the photos, past the links, past all the things. There's that comment section down at the bottom of the page. Feel free to fill that out to your heart's content with whatever thoughts, takeaways, reflections, questions, anything related to today's episode. You can leave it there in the show notes, DizRuns.com slash 1092. Also on the website is the coaching page. If you're thinking about saddling up with a coach and you think that maybe we might jive together, if you think we wouldn't jive together, hey, no worries. There's lots of great great coaches out there. I'm happy to give a referral if you think, you know, hey, I'm looking for somebody that's so-and-so and so-and-so and like this. What do you think? I mean, I, I know people, and I think they're great coaches. Happy to point you in their direction. But if you think that, hey, you know, this this clown's nonsense, I might I might could vibe with that. We got some options available as well. Dizruns.com slash coaching. Check it out. Any questions you have, let me know. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Y'all, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Montana and I with you today. Hit that share button if you enjoyed this one. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.